Welcome to the Books and Travel podcast. I'm Jo Francis Penn, thriller and dark fantasy author, bringing you escape and inspiration about unusual and fascinating places, as well as the deeper side of books and travel. You can find the episode show notes at booksandtravel.page. And if you enjoy thrillers set in international locations, download one of my ebooks for free at jfpen.com forward slash free. Hello, travellers. I'm Jo Francis Penn. And in this episode, I'm sharing some clips from several recent podcast interviews I've done around my new book, Pilgrimage Lessons Learned from Solo Walking Three Ancient Ways. It might also introduce you to new shows that you might enjoy, and you can find them all on your favourite podcast app, wherever you're listening to this. So as this goes out, Pilgrimage is available on my Kickstarter campaign. Just go to jfpen.com forward slash pilgrimage, and it's available in a special limited edition signed hardback, as well as paperback, ebook, audiobook narrated by me, large print edition and a workbook. It will be on Kickstarter until the 5th of February 2023, and then you can still use that link to find it on other stores later in the year, probably around May 2023. So in this episode, I talk about what were the three ancient ways I walked and why they're interesting, even if you're not religious, what I learned along the way, the three types of energy you need at the different stages of pilgrimage, and how pilgrimage reminds us that we are animals, and how it gives a much-needed perspective on life. So let's get into it, and in this first clip from the Travel Writing World podcast with Jeremy Bassetti, I talk about the specific pilgrimages I walked and why they're interesting, even if you're not religious. Here's Jeremy. The book is called Pilgrimage. The subtitle is Lessons Learned from Solo Walking Three Ancient Ways. Tell us, what are the three pilgrimage routes that you took during your walking adventures? So I did the Pilgrim's Way first, which is from Southwark in London to Canterbury in the southeast of England. And that's the route of the Canterbury Tales, which I'm sure people have heard mm-hmm. of, medieval tale by Geoffrey Chaucer. And it was about visiting the shrine of Thomas Becket, who was martyred under Henry II. And it was the pandemic. And it was also the 850-year anniversary of the Becket martyrdom. So that kind of helped me decide to do that one. I, I couldn't go and do the Camino during the pandemic because, of course, we couldn't travel. And also, I'd highly recommend it as an easy route for a first multi-day solo. And then the second one was the St Cuthbert's Way from Melrose in Scotland to Lindisfarne, Holy Island, on the northeast coast of England. And St Cuthbert was a medieval monk and a bishop. And I wrote about Lindisfarne in my thriller Day of the Vikings. So I, I really wanted to do that. And that was a spectacular route. I highly recommend the Cuthbert's Way. And then finally was the Camino de Santiago, a a goal I've had for several decades. And I did the Portuguese coastal route from Porto in Portugal up to Santiago de Compostela. And I feel like the Camino is quite mythical for Mm -hmm, many people, mm -hmm. certainly for me. And when I had COVID um, 
the year before 2021 and I was really sick and I realised that maybe one day I would not be able to walk. Uh, obviously, at some point, none of us will be able to right, walk. Right. Uh, we will be dead. And I thought, well, if I don't do this now, maybe I'll never do it. And I have said I wanted to do it for many years and now I've got to do it. So I committed and I'm so glad I, I did that route finally. And it really enabled me to finish the book. But yes, those were the three. Yeah. So I mean, these three pilgrimage routes that you mentioned here that you went on all have religious connotations, right? But you mentioned in the book that you are kind of more secular minded. So how have you come to understand the act of pilgrimage from this secular position or perspective? Mm, well, I think that I am not a Christian, although I have a chapter in the book about my faith history. <laughs> Many of us have this faith history by midlife, you know, experience of and then finding God and losing him again or whatever that means to the individual. But I'm certainly spiritual. I consider myself spiritual. And I mean, you talk about genius loci or loci, as we say over here, mm-hmm. uh, but sort of the spirit of the place. And I absolutely have had moments of connection with whatever we want to call it, the universe or God, if you want, in different places and certainly did on these routes too. But so while I am secular, as in I don't adhere to a particular religion, I absolutely respect people of faith. I I have a master's degree in theology. Pretty much all my fiction is based on religion and I love religious places. So what is wonderful about these pilgrimage routes, these ancient ways, is that people have walked these particular routes in Europe for a thousand years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and that's what gives the roots a lot of resonance. It also means they're packed full of amazing churches and cathedrals and beautiful architecture. And I love architecture. I'm a super, super fan of architecture. So I guess it's a kind of, for me, the pilgrimage aspect is both the walking from here to here, the historical side of it, the beautiful places along the way. my discussion with Jeremy continues into why walking is healing and why pilgrimage in particular can heal deeper wounds of the soul, how the gifts of pilgrimage come with hindsight, why we travel and how to figure out what kind of travel book to write. You can listen to the rest of the episode on Travel Writing World on your favourite podcast app. Jeremy also has interviews with travel writers like Pico Ayer, Colin Thubron and many more on his show. Or check out his website, travelwritingworld.com. In this next section, I'm interviewed by Holly Wharton on her Into the Woods podcast, which is fantastic for solo adventures, pushing your comfort zone in the outdoors and in life, and generally has lots of interviews with people about all kinds of travel. In this clip, we talk about what I learned from pilgrimage, including the aspect of memento mori, and then the three types of energy involved in a pilgrimage. Here's Holly. What did you learn from your pilgrimages? What did you get out of them? Because I know you'd said that you walked them during very challenging times, which, of course, the entire world was going through. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think the biggest thing was resilience. And again, I mean, you talk about this with the solo adventures and or anything that pushes your comfort zone. So, for example, I've done a lot of walking holidays with tour companies like Exodus and, and I'm reasonably fit. So the walking aspect is one thing, but doing it alone is difficult. And in fact, you recommended the NNAS navigation yes. course. I went on one of those. 
because I was like, I don't know how to read a map. Well, I did a girl guide, you know, it's been a long time. So I reskilled, I guess. And then obviously facing up to the fears around being alone or getting lost, which I did, <laughs> getting sick which I didn't, amusingly, I didn't get sick on the walks. But of course, the fear of sickness walking during the beginning of the pandemic, particularly when none of us had got it, we were very afraid, even though now we know there was hardly any around, but it kind of emerged. Um, walking in pain. So the Camino, I had pretty bad blisters the second week and you get up every morning and you're like, I really don't want to walk on these feet, but I'm going to do it anyway. So yeah, I think this sort of gift of structure, as we talked about on boundaries, the resilience of learning it and just the, I guess the escape from the daily life is also really important and that perspective that we talked about. And then the other thing that I always think about a lot is the memento mori idea of remember you will die, but in a positive way, as in life is short, so make the most of it. I think it's much more obvious on pilgrimage routes because, for example, if you go to Southwark Cathedral in London, the start of the Pilgrim's Way, that has been a church for a thousand years. And then you get to Canterbury and again, since medieval times, and you walk through these places and you realise how many other people have been here or the people who built those sculptures. And what's interesting at Southwark and Canterbury, and you rarely, rarely see this, but there are these two cadaver tombs. So that's what they're called. So the tombs have a cadaver on. So normally if you see a medieval tomb or any kind of tomb, there's a knight, maybe a knight lying on the top in full armor or a noble person with all their robes. And they look like a living human lying down on a bed or something. But both Southwark and Canterbury have these cadaver tombs where the figure on the top is a dead body. And this is, yes, very rare. There's one in Southwark and in Canterbury, it's even more unusual because it's like bunk beds. <laughs> <laughs> so this archbishop built this while he was alive so he could look at it every time he preached. But on the bottom level is him naked except for a little shroud and he's a cadaver, he's a dead body. And then on the bunk bed above him is him dressed in his full archbishop's finery. And obviously, it's meant to teach you that it doesn't matter what you are in life, one day you will just be this body and you will turn to dust. And I find this very, again, invigorating and it helps me live every day better because I know I'm going to die. And it was weird on the Camino because it's like the second or third day of my Camino, Queen Elizabeth II died. And so I walked that route with that whole week, you'd know you were here, yeah. right? Yeah. That whole week, there was the TVs were full of her life. And so often we look at ourselves in the mirror and we might see a picture of us as younger people and be like, oh, you know, I'm getting old or whatever. But there are pictures of the Queen her entire life and they were all on TV. So you could actually see this woman's life from child to death. And it was that memento mori idea again that we remember as we walk and to make the most of these things while we're alive, because one day I will not be able to walk the Camino or another pilgrimage. So yeah, do the things you want to do while you still can, but in a positive way. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean. Yes. <laughs> so in your book, you talk about the three stages of a pilgrimage, and I really like this perspective. So what are they? Yeah, so I guess the first one is starting energy, which we've almost mentioned a little bit, which is turning it from a dream into a goal. 
So yeah, it took me like 20 years to actually book the Camino, 25 years or whatever. So it's the organization, it's booking time off, it's training, it's getting past those fears and obstacles, it's figuring out all the practical stuff because you think, oh, yes, I'll just be walking and I'll have my spiritual moments. But there's a hell of a lot of practical stuff to actually get it going. So starting energy is everything the night before. (laughs) And then pushing through energy is once you're actually on the route, it's I really want to give up because I'm in pain or I'm actually injured or I'm really, really bored with wearing the same clothes and washing them every day and the same food, the same bread, you know, whatever. It's the other challenges along the way, like on the Camino, you mentioned being busy. And yeah, those last few days are busy. And I was annoyed at other pilgrims. I was like, I am so annoyed that this pilgrim is playing music. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) I know. I'm like, really? Uh, Or I'm annoyed that there are literally a hundred pilgrims ahead of me. I can see them all on the path and I do not like this. And that was a challenge in itself because whereas the Cuthberts, for example, I was alone on a hill in a storm and that's a completely different challenge. But that pushing through energy is I am going to finish. I can do this. I will get through this. I just need to put one foot in front of the other and keep going. So that's the pushing through energy that gets you to the end. And then the finishing energy is that return and the reflection and learning the lessons. Maybe it's printing the pictures that you did or taking your journal and turning it into something else, facing the questions that you thought of while you were on the walk. Because when you get home, what happens is you put your clothes in the wash. That's like one of the first things that you do. (laughs) You know, you get all the crap out your backpack and you give your partner a cuddle and you cuddle your pets. And then you log onto your email and you start all the backlog of stuff you're catching up on and paying bills. And it's very easy to just get back and get on with life. But you need that finishing energy to review what happened because there are moments of Yeah, I just feel like the gifts of pilgrimage take some time. And it's so weird because I thought I would write three guidebooks like, you know, you have your guidebooks per week or not guidebooks, your reflective books. And yet this book, it just wouldn't come. I couldn't figure it out. And then when I finished my Camino, I finally understood what the pattern was and what I learned from all three routes. So the subtitle is Lessons Learned from Solo Walking, Three Ancient Ways. And I almost feel like I couldn't have learned those without all three of them. I say in the book, you know, if you don't feel that there are any gifts from your pilgrimage, then perhaps you haven't walked enough. <laughs> you Maybe you need to go on another pilgrimage. And I mean, it, that's true, isn't it? We're like, oh, well, I, I thought I could change my life with a weekend's walk or no. whatever. <laughs> I mean, maybe, but probably not. <laughs> maybe, but no, it took longer than I expected. So you can listen to the rest of the episode on the Into the Woods podcast on your favourite podcast app. And Holly and I talk about why pilgrimage is different to other long distance walks, some of the interesting historical and spiritual aspects, how we both remember reading Paolo Coelho's pilgrimage book back in the 90s, how we both enjoy the feeling of insignificance, why we have to revisit the memories of our trips or they fade away, and much more. Holly is a friend and her show is one I personally listen to and I think you'll enjoy the range of her interviews. 
She also has guidebooks to solo walking routes like the Ridgeway and more. And she has been on this podcast before in episode 42 about solo walking. And in fact, my discussions with Holly around her adventures and her books helped inspire my own. So definitely check out her show. In this final clip, I talk to Kevin Donahue on the Sacred Steps podcast, which is all about pilgrimage. And Kevin has had some fantastic guests on to talk about lots of different routes. And he's also been on this show in episode 86, talking about his pilgrimages. In fact, we almost met in person as we crossed the sands to Lindisfarne, just days apart, but we never quite made it to see each other. So it was lovely to talk again. You can listen as a podcast or watch the interview on YouTube. In this segment, we talk about how pilgrimage reminds us we are animals and how it gives us a much-needed perspective on life. Here's Kevin. How has this series of walks and these journeys influenced or impacted your sense of spirituality? There's a book in the Bible that I really like, Ecclesiastes. It's one of my favorite books in the Bible. And I have a master's in theology, even though I'm not a Christian anymore. But there's a a quote that I actually put into the book and I wrote it down so I remember to get it right. It says, as for humans, God tests them so they might know they are animals. And I just love that quote because that to me is something I need to remember my animal body is what walks a pilgrimage and my spiritual mind and my intellectual mind is part of my physical body. And I feel like so much sometimes, like you and I, we're not physically in the same space. We can see each other, but we're connecting with our minds across this virtual space. And yet pilgrimage, it's such a physical journey. And also I was going through the female experience of midlife hormonal changes, which have a very animal effect. You're just completely out of control. You're like, what the hell is happening to me? And I have no control over this. And then like we mentioned the tides and all these things and the memento mori. So when, as I walked the Camino Portuguese, the queen died, Queen Elizabeth II died in the UK. And the, as I walked every day that week, her pictures were on all the TVs that you walk past in the cafes and stuff. So they showed her whole life, her beautiful young woman who ascended the throne across the challenges of midlife to her old age, her husband dying and her dying. And it was like, I'm not a queen, but I'm another woman. And I see this woman's life and it will all end. And to me, that is so important to remember. And to for my spiritual side, it's a sense of being part of this wonderful world and this amazing universe, whether you believe God created it or not, the sense of being an animal walking across the face of the world. And nothing else matters. Like, that's the thing. Nothing else matters. Now, of course, everything matters. Your family matters. My husband matters. My cats matter. <laughs> my my work matters to me. It, it all does matter. But when you're walking the pilgrimage and you have that simple life and the gratitude, I am so grateful for this cold beer or the shade of this tree or this sh- hot shower when I'm really sweaty and it's gross and I just want to shower or the painkillers. I'm so grateful for, for the pharmaceutical industry, <laughs> for my blister plasters and my painkillers and my Albarino and like all those things. It's that perspective. That's what it comes down to. Being able to hold on to that when everything feels overwhelming and you're just like, what is the point? And then you realize this is the point. The point is being an animal in the world.
Also, I hope you found these clips interesting and you can listen to the complete episodes on the podcast feeds for Travel Writing World with Jeremy Bassetti, Into the Woods with Holly Wharton and Sacred Steps with Kevin Donoghue. And I share different clips on my other podcast, The Creative Pen Podcast, Pen with a Double N, which is for writers. And the clips I share there are more about the writing side of things. So as this goes out, Pilgrimage is available on my Kickstarter campaign. Just go to jfpen.com forward slash pilgrimage and it's available in a special limited signed hardback as well as paperback, ebook, audiobook narrated by me, large print and a workbook. It will be on Kickstarter until the 5th of February 2023 and then you can still visit that link if you're listening in the future to find it on other stores later in the year, probably around May. So yes, that's jfpen.com forward slash pilgrimage. Happy travels until next time. Thanks for joining me today on the Books and Travel podcast. I hope you found a moment of escape. You can find the episode show notes at booksandtravel.page. And if you enjoy thrillers set in international locations, download one of my books for free at jfpen.com forward slash free. Happy travels until next time.